0: What's up everyone and welcome into episode number 223 where I want to start the podcast by saying congrats to coach Brian Morehouse over at Hope College for getting his 700th win in his coaching career. He is the fastest coach to ever get to seven hundred, no matter what level. Men's, women's. It took him about I think two seven hundred and ninety-five, maybe seven hundred and ninety-six games of coaching to get to his seventh hundredth win, which is absolutely incredible. So shout outs to him. He's an amazing coach. He's done great things at Hope. Twenty plus years at Hope has had one two national championships had another i believe runner-up or two and then he's doing great things over at hope right now with a pretty new team as well but shout out to hope and coach brian morehouse on getting to 700 wins under his coaching career let's get into the topics though outside of that you got michigan state beating Minnesota at home by ten seventy six to 66 This was a game going into it that I thought there should be a little bit of concern just because this Minnesota team has improved. It's gotten better under Ben Johnson. But there's a little bit of worry from the Minnesota side of things because they could be out. couple other key players and they were actually out of one of their starting guards so this was really kind of the dawson garcia show he's been their best player all year and he was their best player yesterday he had 22 points was dominant down low great defensively as well but dawson garcia is an issue and he's in my opinion probably believe some people's opinions you could argue that he might be the best power forward in the Big Ten, he's just so great. He can hit the outside shot if he needs to. He can pull up from anywhere. And he's going to be a really tall, difficult guard for almost any forward. And he's kind of the big guy for Minnesota when they don't have their other starter. But he was great in this game. He kept Minnesota in this game for the majority. Of the game but you also have mike mitchell he had 14 points in this game it really kind of was the only kind of guard that really kind of contributed in this game because you also had cam christie that really kind of needed to step up in this game but he had quite a bit of foul trouble so he didn't really play too many minutes had eight points in this game you also had the is on maxes better throughout the night especially after every cam christie foul so he didn't really get to play a whole ton in this game i do think he would have had a pretty big impact in this game if he did play he did hit a couple pretty good threes make a couple pretty other good plays on offense as well but this is a minnesota team that has improved that was extremely competitive for this basically this whole thing this whole game kind of came down not kind of did come down to those last like three minutes. I believe Michigan State was up maybe two or even tied with about four minutes left to go. And then, of course, Tyson Walker starts taking over the rest of the game and has 21 points for Michigan State to lead the Spartans in scoring. He only had nine points at that point. I believe he scored 12 straight points for Michigan State really took over and that's one thing that Michigan State needs to do especially when they're starting on offense is they need to find Tyson Walker the big play shots guy on this basketball team and when he's going when he's slashing through the lane when he's hitting his shots he's going to be extremely difficult to play against any team and he really kind of stepped up in these last three and a half four minutes when throughout the game he didn't really do a whole lot like Besides that kind of a run, he didn't really hit his shots. It just seemed like he was kind of out there playing and wasn't aggressive. And even Coach Tom Izzo was saying that in his press conference. I don't know exactly what happened, but Tyson Walker did have a good three or four minute stretch there that won Michigan State this game. Malik Hall scored his 1,000th point at Michigan State. Congrats to him on doing that. He's had a long career. He's had a long up and down career at Michigan State. He's had several injuries, had several great games, had had several really bad games as well. I think Millie Call is one of those Michigan State players that if you look back on his career, kind of had that roller coaster of a ride. But he's been very steady for Michigan State throughout these last... Like five or six games besides, the of course, the Northwestern game. But he had a double-double in this game. 16 points, 12 rebounds was a key factor in this game. Even Minnesota's head coach, Ben Johnson, was saying that he was basically the difference of this game. Defensively, I thought he was pretty good outside of fouling out. I thought the refs didn't do a really great job. And fouls, I thought they were pretty quick on some fouls i think minnesota fans are a little bit more upset on that than michigan state fans are but if you're michigan state i think you look at that free throw percentage that you had in this game and i don't think you can be too thrilled to be completely honest especially even the three-point shot you only had about 25 percent from three kind of getting you back to where you were at the beginning of the year not very good but you end up winning this game and you needed a win you got the win you basically stayed off of a upset that you couldn't have happened. And you almost cover. Like, you almost cover the eleven and half points. Again, it needed a Tyson Walker barrage of points towards the end of the game. But you end up winning by 10. You got a solid performance by A.J. Hogarth, Jaden Aikens. Trey Howellman continues to hit shots. Carson Cooper, I thought, was really good in this game i thought defensively he was really good and one interesting thing especially towards the end of this game is that tom is a went to a two big lineup that he had carson cooper and my soko in with about three minutes left and i believe again they were up about two or maybe even tied and they had tyson walker i believe trey Hallman, and maybe Jaden akins maybe aj Hogard. That's definitely not a very offensive lineup. But when you have, again, Tyson Walker to score and take over the games, that will definitely help you in that category as well. But great defense, I think, won Michigan State this game, especially towards the end. One really big thing that was kind of pretty similar between this game and Indiana State is that Minnesota kept hitting shots until they didn't. I think defensively, in the second half, Michigan State did a much better job of defending the perimeter. And for those last little five, six minutes of the game, I believe, Minnesota missed their last seven three-point shots, which they were hitting pretty decently in this game. Not throughout the year they weren't doing that, but in this game they are hitting those shots. But when they needed stops, they got them, and again, they get the ten-point win. And now they're going to play Maryland, a Maryland team that's been playing much better. They have... Jameer Young, that's been absolutely spectacular. This is a Maryland team that's beat in Illinois. They just beat Northwestern, I believe, at Northwestern as well. This is a Maryland team that's starting to get a little bit more confidence going. Again, they're not a great shooting team. Typically, we'll see what happens when Michigan State travels to Maryland, but that's going to be a game to watch out for, especially that matchup between Jameer Young and Tyson Walker. Now let's quickly go over to the game between Michigan and Illinois. I thought this was Michigan's, actually, one of their better performances this year, at least effort-wise. They did lose by 15. I think they kind of run out of gas towards the end of this game. But I thought Michigan actually played pretty well, and they were really led by and has been led by this year by Olivier Kamwa. Olivier Kamwa has been great at the forward spot. He had 16 points in. This game, I believe, in the last like five or six games, he's been averaging about 16, maybe even for the year, he's been averaging about 16 points. He's been a really great, bright spot for this Michigan team that's continued to struggle and lose games, especially towards the end of the game. Terrace Reed was great as well offensively. He hasn't done a whole ton offensively throughout this year. He had 20 points. You also had Doug McDaniel at 14 points. Outside of that, you did have a couple of players score here and there. Terrence Williams had eight. Namari Burnett had four. Jalen Llewellyn had seven. But you kind of had those three main guys that really put up quite a few points. And Michigan's going to have to continue to do that. They're going to have to continue to do that. They're going to have to play better defense. And they just ran into an Illinois team that's extremely good, especially without... Terrence Williams. Now, Illinois is getting Terrence Williams back. Um, he can play in games, practice, all that. So, that's going to make this Illinois team that much better. But I thought for the majority of the game, at least 30 minutes of this game, Michigan played very well and was right there with Illinois. Just kind of those last 10 minutes kind of had Illinois take over a little bit. And I think that has a lot to do with Marcus Damask, Coleman Hawkins, and Luke. Goody, you also had Quincy Guerrier that put up quite a few points. They had five players put up double digits scoring. Damask had 15, Guerrier had 16, Hawkins had 21, Ty Rogers had 15, Harmon had 11. If you get that kind of contribution without your main guy in TSJ, you're going to be a very good team, and you're just adding another level to Illinois once they add Terrence Shannon Jr., and they're going to do that. So I think this Illinois team's going to be a very top out. They have players all over the court that can make plays. Coleman Hawkins at 6'11 is just very difficult to defend, and he's a great defender as well. He's kind of their big guy outside of, you have Dane Danger. But he only played three minutes in this game. When Coleman Hawkins is going and playing extremely well, you have basically a five right there that not only can defend the five, but a guy that can make the outside shot. And it's just extremely difficult to defend. You really can't go small ball because Coleman Hawkins, again, is like 6'10", 6'11". And he's just a great player. He's been extremely efficient and If he continues to play like this and, you again, you add a player like TSJ, this is going to be a starting lineup that is going to be very difficult to defend. Now, you do have Ty Rogers in this starting lineup, at least as of right now. He's probably the weakest point, in my opinion, just because he can't really shoot the ball extremely well. And I've seen teams kind of put their big men on Ty Rogers. Purdue did that. Michigan State did that. Both of those games were losses are close close wins, so maybe that's a little bit where Illinois kind of might have an issue, but outside of that, this is just a really good Illinois team, and I don't think, if you're Michigan, I don't think you can be too upset with playing a pretty competitive game against Illinois. I think you can be very upset with um, Juwan Howard and the way things are going, the way things have been going. I think there's Definitely a lot there that you can be upset with, but I thought Michigan played pretty good at home and had good performances from Terrace Doug McDaniel, and Olivier and Kamwa. Now, let's quickly end, end on the Lions versus the Bucks. This is actually their second matchup of this year. Earlier this year, they played at Tampa Bay, a game that the Lions Lions were actually pretty banged up in this game. I believe David Montgomery barely played. Um, Jameer Gibbs didn't play. I think a couple other really kind of impactful players did not play in that game. And now the Lions are healthy. But the thing is, this is a different atmosphere. You have a playoff game again at home. You have a Tampa Bay team that's playing extremely well. They have ton of confidence Baker Mayfield is playing spectacular you have Mike Evans that probably should have scored about an 80 plus yard touchdown without basically the defensive lineman batting the ball down from a pass from Baker Mayfield probably would have scored an 80 plus yard touchdown that would make it a one possession game this is going to be a tough game for the Lions I think it's going to be a little tougher than people think I think the Bucks are great defensively. They are going to be able to cover with their linebackers. Their linebacking duo is probably the best duo in the NFL, in my opinion. I think they've been absolutely spectacular. You hit, you have Vitae in the middle that's going to try to stop the run. This is going to be a difficult game and the Bucks are there for a reason. Now, I know a lot of people like to say, well, their division sucks, and again, their division is not great, but this is a team that has a Mike Evans, a Chris Godwin. They have weapons, and they also have a running back that has continued to grow in confidence, and one that can catch out of the backfield as well, so you're going to have to have probably either a linebacker or maybe a safety on him, and that's not going to be a if, that's not going to be an easy coverage for any of those guys. So I think this is going to be a tougher game than fans think it will be. I believe the Lions are six and a half, seven point favorites in this game, at least last time I checked. It is a home game. I expect the atmosphere to be absolutely crazy like it was in the last game. Jared Goff is going to have to play great. If the Lions can get a running game going, though. I think that will make it really difficult on the Bucks, but... The Bucs just need to be able to stop the run. And if they stop the run and get some pressure on Jared Goff, we saw what happened in the last game when Jared Goff was pressured. He went 0 for 5 on pressure. But speaking of Jared Goff, Jared Goff, and I do say that just because that's what happened last game, but Jared Goff has been absolutely spectacular. I think Sam Laporta is going to be healthier as well. I think he's going to be better in this game. I thought he was pretty good last game, but I think he's going to be better in this game. You also do have Houston coming off the IR. Don't know if he will play, but if he does play, that would definitely help out Aiden Hutchinson in a pass rush. I think the Lions should be able to do a pretty good job at stopping the run. They've done that all year so far, so I do expect that to continue, but if the Lions can get pressured on Baker Mayfield and do a little bit better job of pass coverage. It's not going to be, again, easy to cover Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, But if they can do a better job there, they just need to get a couple of stops and that offense should get going. You're going to have a hopefully a big game from Jameson Williams. He had a pretty big catch against this Tampa Bay Bucks team when they first played. I do hopefully expect that he will play... And maybe make a little bit more of an impact that he did last game. You have Amon Rossi-Brown that's going to be ready to play as well. And then doesn't seem like Raymond's playing. I think he's the only one that's kind of marked out right now on the injury report. Outside of that, you have Sam Lepora as questionable and James Houston as questionable as well. But this is just a huge game for the Lions. This is an opportunity to be one game away from... Possibly a trip to the Super Bowl if you win the next game. Like, you're two wins away from going to the Super Bowl. Again, that's looking really far in the future. But if you handle business this week, you'll have a chance next week to possibly play and go to the Super Bowl. Not possibly. You do get the chance to play to go to the Super Bowl. So, hopefully the Lions can win it this weekend. I don't think it'll be as easy as people expect. I think it's gonna be a big moment. I do expect Jared Goff to play well. I do think the team's gonna play well, but you're going up against a team that has had their confidence grow, a team that's better than what they were when they played earlier this year. And on this opposite side you have a Lions team that's better as well and much more healthier as well. And they put up twenty points against this defense. So I do think this will be a very close competitive game, but it should be a fun game. It should be a fun atmosphere. And if you're watching the game, enjoy it. It's going to be another huge game. If if the Lions can get the victory, we got another week of Lions football, which I think everyone that's listening to this podcast wants. But, yeah, that is a wrap to episode number 223. The next episode coming out will be another interview with another athlete. I thought it was a really fun conversation. And after that, we will talk about... There is also this game and probably Michigan State playing Maryland as well.